Live by Live has all of your favorite music, and you can listen for free. Whether you hit play on one of our hundreds of curated music stations or create your own custom artist radio station, you'll find the music you love on Live by Live. Visit LiveXLive.com or search LiveXLive in the App Store or Google Play and listen for free now. Contracts. Salary caps. Why do our favorite teams make some of the moves they do? It's usually the money. It's time for the business of sports with Andrew Brandt. Okay, welcome to an emergency edition of Branch Rants on the Business of Sports podcast. I'm going to get into everything free agent-wise in the NFL, the busiest week of the year. This is the Business of Sports podcast, as you know, presented by betonline.ag. It's your online sportsbook experts, and they're the exclusive partner of Podcast One Sportsnet, which this podcast is part of. Use that promo code PODCAST1. You receive that 50% sign-up bonus today betonline.ag. Okay, let's get right into it. NFL free agency. I'm going to do a couple rants on it. We have to start with the trades of Antonio Brown and Odell Beckham Jr. and what happened with Le'Veon Bell. Listen, this is recording Wednesday afternoon. We still haven't even started free agency, but it feels like it's over. The unintended or maybe intended consequence of this pre-negotiating period or whatever they call it, pre-tampering period, before free agency starts on Wednesday afternoon, has led to free agency being resolved before it even starts. But the two biggest news items are the trades that really aren't free agent moves, moves with existing players. Three ways to improve your team, draft, trade, and free agency. And we haven't really had the big trade aspect. I don't know why throughout history of the NFL, but now it's big. We have two of the maybe top five receivers in the NFL being traded over the last week. First on Brown, I've talked about him at infinitum, it seems. I've written about him on Sports Illustrated. My stance has always been the same. I'm shocked, really, I am still, that he was traded by the Steelers for two reasons. Number one, they had negotiated and renegotiated his contract in such a way that made him, in my mind, uncuttable and untradeable, taking on you got it, $21 million of dead cap money upon removal from the team. Now, again, this is not cash. People need to understand, cap is not cash. Cap is accounting. But that's $21 million of dead money, meaning all his unamortized signing bonus from his contract, from renegotiations, all accelerates and now becomes part of the Steelers' cap. $21 million will be the second highest charge on the Steelers, the highest cap charge for a receiver in the NFL while playing for the Raiders. Think about that. That was the major reason as someone who managed the cap for 10 years, I thought they'd never trade him. The other reason, which turned out to be the case as well, and they still traded him, was that through his antics, through his petulance, through what we've seen from him, he had devalued himself on the trade market so much that they were only able to get a third and a fifth. A third and a fifth for Antonio Brown. Think about that. Dallas gave up a one for Amari Cooper with one year remaining on his contract. Brown had three. Uh, Golden Tate netted a three with an expiring contract. And he can't even get a job in free agency. Obviously, it hadn't started, but it seems like everyone on the top level is gone. Anyway, this is what they got for Antonio Brown, which tells you the Steelers were so desperate to get rid of him they're taking on the second highest cap charge on their team for a player who's playing for the Raiders and taking way below market value in a trade to just get him off the team. It tells me he had become so toxic 
so antithetical to their chemistry. They wanted him so much out there that they did this. I never thought they did. I'm wrong. I own it. This AB was wrong about that AB. I just don't get it. A lot of things I don't get about this. One, what was so different about Brown now than then they did the contract when they've known him all these years? He's doing Facebook Live from the locker room after a playoff loss. What changed? What was the relationship so different between him and the organization, him and other players, him and Ben Roethlisberger? Because now it seems like they can't handle him, but they handled him. I don't know why he became so toxic when he had been there all along. Now, maybe he was toxic all along and the tolerance just ran out. The other issue, uh, you know, is what about Brown and being better off? Well, really, is he better off playing for Oakland than, than Pittsburgh? We'll see how the teams do this year. And as far as the money, I don't know. You know, we'll see the details, all these free agent contracts, which I'll talk about in a little while. I mean, the details are never like what they appear to be. But if Brown really did get $30 million guaranteed, well, he had 15 coming this year. They weren't going to cut him, so there's half of that right there. And if he has another 15 next year guaranteed, okay, great. I think that's what he had from the Steelers. Yeah, it wasn't guaranteed, but were the Steelers really going to cut Antonio Brown rather than keep him or trade him even next year? Come on. So there's a lot of puffery, I think, about this contract. I'd be shocked if any of that third year of the deal is is guaranteed. But if that is, good for him, good for Drew Rosenhaus. And speaking of Drew, listen, he got the trifecta here. He got his player out of a situation he didn't want to be in. He got him to a situation he did want to be in, and he got him a new contract. And he'll sell that, and he'll promote it to any player who doesn't have a good situation in his own mind. We'll talk about the precedent effect of this after we talk about Beckham. But... Listen, I don't know. I mean, listen, do you want your play? Do you really think it's a pattern that's going to develop of players making asses of themselves to get out and devaluing their trade value? I don't know. I think that's a stretch. So this Antonio Brown thing is interesting to me. Uh, Let's lump it into Odell Beckham, the monster trade that came down Tuesday night for a one and a three and Jabril Preppers, we can debate all along whether that's enough for Odell Beckham. If you think it's not, well, here we go again. He had become devalued in the eyes of the beholders because the Giants were so willing to get rid of him. Why? Chemistry, not a fit, not going well. Not to the level of Antonio Brown, obviously, but something was amiss between him and the Giants. Now, listen, Here's what I don't get about the Giants, and i got to get on their case for this, because they paid him. They gave him a deal. You know, Odell Beckham was supposed to be in an option year this year, last year of a contract. But, and part of this is on him, too, he did a new deal. He did a new deal. $20 million signing bonus, 21 this year, whatever it is, 40, 60 guaranteed. Four years left, maybe five years left on this deal? Are you kidding me? And now they trade him? I just don't get it. And back to dead money, he'll count 16 because that $20 million prorated over five now accelerates for a year, $16 million. Year two, he's gone. Uh, <laughs> he'll make $16 million. I mean, count $16 million on the cap. No cash. Count $16 million on the Giants cap. And the Giant, and he'll count $17 million, which is what he's getting paid this year, on the Browns cap. Amazing that he's traded. Again, the answer has to be, why would these teams trade such valuable top-level receivers? And the only reason has to be they feel they're better off without them than with them. 
And it doesn't have to be deal with their talent, of course. It's other stuff. So here's what's going on. Teams are moving on from players that are obviously talented. And maybe the most talented players on their team. Why? Because they're problems. Now, you and I can debate whether the Brown and Beckham are problems, but it doesn't matter what we think. It matters what management of the Steelers and management of the Giants think. And they think they're better off without them. Which, again, that may not have happened years ago. People live with it. I think they lived with Antonio Brown. Whether they lived with this Beckham issue they've had last year, we'll see. But clearly, they gave him $20 million with the intent of keeping him, and then all the BS about keeping him, you know, they didn't sign him to trade him, of course. You know, that's always what you say. What do you expect him to say? So, Beckham and, you know, and Brown are gone. I, I just think this is something that, you know, it's it's fascinating to me because the business of sports takes into account a lot of things, but sometimes it really doesn't take into account personal and ideological and off-field character where you just feel like these are not good business moves. Terrible business move for the Steelers to trade Brown. Count 21 on your cap for a guy playing for another team. Terrible business move for the Giants. Pay him $20 million only to have it count towards a contract that now is owned by the Cleveland Browns. Count 16 on your cap for a guy playing for the Browns. Terrible. Bad business. But both of those front offices are probably high-fiving themselves saying, we got rid of him. We, he's gone. Which, again, is fascinating to me. That's my first rant of the week. Lots more coming. First, a word from MetPro. I've had the founder, Angelo Poli, on this podcast. You know I'm into fitness and use MetPro. Proven platform. It transforms bodies, people, athletes, executives. It analyzes individuals' metabolism, provides them with personalized approach to obtaining goals. You know, they're not guessing what's going to work. They use your data. It's all data-driven. They have a nutrition and training strategy. They give you profiling. They're trained to see what you can do best. A lot of people spend hours trying to figure out what to eat, trying to figure out how to exercise. The coaches are not only educated, but they're empathetic that people have busy schedules and stressful lives. They'll work one-on-one with you, identify your specific response to diet and activity, make those adjustments based on your personal goals and lifestyle needs. So, Go to metpro.co slash BOS. That's business of sports. Metpro.co slash BOS. Get signed up today to make the important changes to your body and nutrition. Okay, back to rant of the week. I got another one. Le'Veon Bell. Here's the report. New York Jets, four years, $52 million. We'll see about the guarantee. I've heard 32 I've heard $28. we will see what happens. I have been very vocal. I don't get it. He sat out last year. Again, Back to the decisions by the teams in the first rant. Bell makes no sense to me that he sat out for $14.5 million, and this proves it. He's going to get a deal averaging maybe that amount, maybe get that amount guaranteed each year over two years. But that was always going to be the deal for Bell. The deal for Bell was always going to be two years, 28 to 30 guaranteed, the rest fluff, or three years or four years, whatever it mattered. But he wasn't going to get more than two years guaranteed. And now he's given up 14 and a half for a deal he could have gotten last year. And whether he could have gotten 28 or 30 or 32 last year, yeah. I mean, this is what he turned down. Who knows? 
But even if he didn't have an offer last year, play for $14 million. Play for $14 million, then get the 30 guaranteed he just got. He's not going to get it back. He plays the position with the shortest shelf life in sports, not only football, sports, running back. You know, people aren't even willing to sign second contracts on running backs. He's lucky to get a third or a fourth. He's in that ex- exception category that Frank Gore and Adrian Peterson are in, and you see those guys are re-signing for way under what they've made before. So this is what's going on with Le'Veon Bell. He sacrificed almost $15 million. Why? We don't know. Was it his was it his agent's advice? I've heard he wouldn't listen to his agent. He, it's all about him. We'll see. I want to see the details on the Jets' contract. Now there's rumors the Jets were the only bidder bidding against themselves. The Ravens, the Colts, other teams weren't really in it. Think about that. Because his strategy, at least purported strategy last year, was to save his body, withhold the usage, so he so he wouldn't get hurt, to get the big deal, to make up for what he lost. It's not happening, people. Now, the hurt part, let's address that. Because Earl Thomas got hurt. Remember, Earl Thomas didn't want to go to Seattle. He was giving him the finger. He didn't want to play there. They didn't do anything about his contract. So what happened? He went in and he got hurt. You remember? Earl Thomas got hurt. And everyone says, well, look. Look at uh, Thomas got hurt. So Bell, yeah, here we go. Thomas got paid. Whatever was on the contract, $9 million for being hurt. He got hurt. He got paid. Get it? Okay. Then he signs a contract today, I'm speaking Wednesday, 50-something million dollars, 30-something million guaranteed with the Ravens, okay? Didn't affect his market. Maybe he could have made more. I don't know, but he made $9 million last year being hurt. Levy and Bell, if he went in, got hurt, unless it was career-ending. Now, again, how many career-ending injuries there are in football in a year of 1,800 players? Two? One? I don't know. Earl Earl Thomas had a major injury. Here he is. Big deal with the Ravens. Had other teams bidding. Levin Bell sat out, didn't get injured. Fresh. Maybe one team bidding. Equal talents? Oh, you could say Bell's a higher running back than Thomas is a safety. Safety's a flooded market. No running backs out there. So here we go. There, I don't want to hear it. (laughs) That he didn't want to play for the Steelers? Fine. Go and do what Earl Thomas did. Make a, no- make a nuisance. But get paid. I just don't get it. Le'Veon Bell's strategy continues to confound me. And, you know, we'll see what the deal is. If he gets more than two years, any, any dollar more than two years guaranteed, anything in the third year, I'd be shocked. I would be shocked. We'll see what happens. That's my rant on Le'Veon Bell. Now a word from... Something I wear now with just great look, great comfort. It's Peter Millar. I was never loyal to any brand of clothing, but I open my closet and just gab or whatever. But now you got Peter Millar. It's a game changer. They have sports shirts. They have they have breathable. They have anything you need, whether you're going, your comfort, you're going to meetings, you're grabbing lunch with friends, always comfortable. It's just a better brand. The stitching, the buttons, the zippers, the attention to detail. You know, I got sports shirts, I got zips, I can go from dinner feeling great, I look better when I'm wearing (laughs) Peter Millar. You just got to try these clothes. They're just so comfortable and and whatever look you want, if you want a look that's casual, elegant, it's all there. Peter Millar. So head over to pmillar.com slash business, all caps, B-U-S-I-N-E-S-S today. Experience this quality for yourself. Pick up a few of these sports shirts 
offered in colors and patterns, perfect for office, for weekend. And check out some of my styles you'll see there. Use my link. You'll receive complimentary shipping and a free hat. That's Peter Millar, M-I-L-L-A-R dot com slash business, all caps. com slash business. Now, my other rant is really about free agency in general in the NFL. I say this all the time. I don't know why media is locked into putting out the big numbers of the non-guaranteed money included. It's just what they do. It's this game. They play with the agents. And it's a game between teams, agents, and the media. I've been on all sides. So when I was with a team, get a deal done with a player, it's, I know what the real deal is. Players, agent will sometimes say, well, can I sort of say to my contact it's worth this much? And I was like, yeah, whatever floats your boat, whatever closes this deal, you can tell that to the media. And as soon as these agents do the deal, they go, I got to tell so-and-so. I got it. I promised him first. It upsets a lot of local media because they go to the national guys, Rappaport, Schefter, Mortensen, Glazer, etc. But that's what happens. That's the game we play. And the game media plays is putting out the big numbers rather than the guaranteed numbers. I'll say it all again. I say it all the time. Ignore the total value. The total value of these deals is meaningless unless you're Kirk Cousins, three-year guarantee, $84 million. The rest of these deals, you know, whether it's Landon Collins, $88 million, and these deals that are $80-something million or $60 million or $50 million or $40 million, ignore it. What's the guarantee? Because it's all these deals are really two years and we'll see. I want to see if there are any of these deals that have guaranteed money, non-contingent, true guaranteed money, not guarantees if you're on the roster, guaranteed money past year two. That's what I want to see. So everyone asks, you know, what's the best deal? What's the best deal? Well, the best deal is guaranteed money, full, non-contingent, past year two. I'm not sure if any of these deals would have it. D. Ford, Landon Collins, Trey Flowers, Nick Foles. I mean, those are kind of the big four as far as I can tell. The big four deals are the two pass rushers, Trey Flowers and D. Ford, the ones that didn't get franchised, or, or actually four got franchises traded and they did any deal with the Niners. And then Landon Collins seems like a mega massive deal with Washington. And, of course, Nick Foles, uh, $88 million over four with Jacksonville. Supposedly no bidding there. But, you know, again, Jacksonville, what are you going to do? Are you going to pay him under, you know, like an average quarterback? A lot of quarterbacks are making over $20 million a year, a lot. So I don't know how that – well, again, we got to see the Foles deal. But I wonder if there's any guarantee there after year two. I doubt it. That would be the one where you'd think some guarantee maybe after year two. We'll see. Landon Collins, maybe. We'll see. Flowers, Detroit, he had all the leverage, ton of teams bidding. We'll see. So all these things are going to be wrapped into how I view these deals. The thing about agents is they puff these numbers out there through their sources. By the time people like me get into these deals and say it's really X, Y, and Z, these deals are long past being in the news. People are on to whatever, March Madness or whatever it may be. So good for the agents to get it out there right away. It's a game that people play. Uh, you know, I'm going to look at these free agent contracts, see what the true guarantee, see what the real deal is. I get it. I'm not blaming agents. You know, unless you burst through the precedent line like Kirk Cousins did, you know, it's going to be hard because even the best of the best don't have guarantees past two years. Quarterbacks do. Uh, and have functional guarantees maybe even into year four, but just doesn't happen. Now, Ndamukong Sue broke a mold a few years ago. We've seen uh, Darrell Rivas broke a mold with $6 million. 
guaranteed in year three. But I don't know if we've seen much then outside of Cousins. So I'm anxious to see if we really have that this year. That's going to be something to look for. You know, free agency is great. 15 to 20 golden ticket winners. I, as I just said, it's going to be over before it starts. But we'll see where it goes. We'll see if there's real money in these deals past year two and in some cases past year one. I really want to see for some of these deals. So stay tuned. I'm going to tell you all about these deals in a subsequent podcast and sort of what is exposed. You can't, you know, the numbers don't lie as phony deals that were reported early in free agency before it even started. So we'll see what happens then. That's my third rant about the busiest week of the NFL offseason. And listen, this is the week that NFL players have leverage. For the other 51 weeks a year, NFL players don't have leverage. So if there are ever going to be good deals coming out, this is the week, and we'll analyze those deals. It's now time to hear from you. If you've got a question for the podcast, leave a voicemail. That number is always 484-416-5654. A lot of questions this week. Let's get to a couple of them. Okay, our first question of the week comes from Benoit, looks like in uh, Montreal. I was wondering after what, what, what happened at uh, Jacksonville late in the season where TJ Yelton and uh, Leonard Fournette basically sat out once the season was over. With these players skipping bowl games in college football, do you see a similar potential trend in the NFL with players just once the season's over, the playoffs are been eliminated from the playoffs that players sit out or injure up injuries to not risk injuring themselves for what could be called meaningless games. Love the show. Big fan of your work. Keep it up. Thank you. Yeah, Benoit, that's a really good question. And it's funny you bring up Fournette because he did this in college, sat out the bowl game, got drafted, I think, fourth overall by Jacksonville. Certainly didn't hurt his stock at all and really got a nice draft position out of it. So, Leonard Fournette's an interesting name. Listen, this is the pros, though. They don't decide whether they sit or play. It's the coaches, it's the team, it's the front office. And yes, that does happen, especially teams that are playing out the string. They want to look at young players. They just want to keep players off the field that they know about that are probably maybe even a little hurt. You see all these guys going on IR late in the season that aren't really suffering major injuries the league kind of looks the other way, let them go on IR. So, yeah, these players are sort of sitting out late in the season, but, you know, it's not their choice. I mean, it's it's got, maybe they're, they're, they're telling the, the trainers they're hurt, but really this comes from up above in terms of team strategy, try to look at young players, happens every year at the end of the year. Let's hear from uh, Andrew about our favorite topics on this podcast and recent ones, Levian Bell and Antonio Brown. Andrew, Jim from Atlanta, love the show. Question on uh, Le'Veon Bell last year and Antonio Brown this year. If the player sits out all year, as Le'Veon Bell did last year, do the Steelers get that cap money back and enable it to roll over? Same question for Antonio Brown this year. Is If he doesn't play, do they get the money game by game? at the end of the year or never. Curious how that works. Thanks. Keep up the great work. Thanks, Andrew. Good name you got going there. Listen, the bell is easy to talk about now because it's over. Bell didn't show up every week. He had 14-5 counting on the cap the first week. 
800 and what was it, 850,000 or 835,000 a week is what it prorated out to over 17 weeks. That amount came off every week, so he went from 14.5 to 13.7 to 12.9 to 12.1, whatever it was. And that would come off the cap every week, and that would come off, obviously, the Pittsburgh cash commitments. I always say, listen, when Le'Veon Bell gave up that 14.5 million, it's not like it went to other players, and it's not like it went somewhere else. It was pure savings for the Roonies, pure savings for the Steelers. Now, this question must have been asked before the Antonio Brown trade. If he had stayed in Pittsburgh and just sat out, well, of course, same thing would happen on the salary. They'd count it full amount in week one, 16 seventeenths amount in week two, 15 seventeenths amount in week three, and would just come off the cap and the cash, and it would be pure savings for the Steelers. Brown's a little more complicated because he had a roster bonus that the Steelers would have had to pay to keep him on the roster. That was payable through the season. They would still owe that. And let's clear up that misconception about the roster bonus. Were he traded after that roster bonus was earned, even though it's paid out through the season, that's the Steelers' responsibility for people to suggest. Even smart people in the media, I thought, were suggesting something like if he was traded after that March 17th roster bonus, somehow a new team would be responsible for that. Come on, really? It's like a deferred signing bonus. You give a guy a big signing bonus deferred for a year or two, to, that would be like suggesting if he got traded, the new team would take over that deferred signing bonus payment. Of course not. So I don't get that thing. But in Brown's case, they would have had to pay the roster bonus because he would have earned it just by being on the roster if they didn't cut him before March 17th. But all, that is all for naught because he is now an Oakland Raider. And we'll see. You know, everyone's got these opinions about what's going to happen. And what's interesting about free agency is everyone's pointing out, look at this skill, skill position players. Look at this team. Look at that team. Well, somebody's got to lose, right? So some of these teams everyone's touting are going to lose. And uh, that's always what's interesting about free agency. Those are my rants for this special, Brant's Rants Edition, free agency NFL edition of the Business of Sports podcast um, and you know, it's been brought to you by bet online March is here. We've got all these things going on in sports right now. The NBA, the Warriors, the Lakers, hey, playoff hopes slipping away. What is Harden doing with this hot streak? You got college basketball, the conference tournaments coming up this week, big East, big 10, big 12, pac 12, NHL, all these great teams are doing well. Can Vegas repeat its magic Toronto and Nashville, Use your mobile device. Sign up for betonline.ag. Use the promo code PODCAST1 for a 50% sign-up bonus today. Also, try their in-game live betting app for all the fun action. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. That's our program for this week. Again, a special sort of emergency business of football, business of sports, NFL free agency podcast. Really appreciate those that follow me on Twitter. I've been quite on fire this week with everything I got on my mind. At Andrew Brandt, please rate the podcast. Apple Podcast rankings are always appreciated in comments. Thanks to our producer extraordinaire, Brian Neal. And we'll be back next week with another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. 
Thanks for listening to the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also get additional insider insight by listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and College Draft Podcast, all at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts are found.